Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome, everybody. It's the world-famous Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. I'm Ben Rogers, joined by Jeff Skin, Wade, Kevin, KT Turner, Jonathan Shippy Shipman. All hands on deck on a Cowboy Monday. And the Cowboys were victorious once again, beating the Dolphins 31-6. to And they truly thumped them. There was a little bit of panic out there in, in Cowboy land early on. And even now as it's in the rearview mirror, there's some style pointing going on and people worried that they didn't win 100 to nothing. <laughs> but uh, overall, I, I I thought it was um, very much like if you, if you guys have ever seen anybody uh, feed a mouse to a snake. Mm. It's what it seemed like to me. The Cowboys were playful. The entire time, even the interception by Dak Prescott was just people out there feeling so good and out playing sandlot football or pickup basketball. So I, this game was never in jeopardy in any way, in my opinion. And the Cowboys played with extreme confidence. Yeah, they did. And, you know, part of the extreme confidence you play with or I don't know, after the game, Dak talked about his greediness. Maybe you could say there was a carelessness in the first half. But the reason is is because when you are playing another team that is so inept and you are really good, it is human nature to not be incredibly dialed in. I had forgotten about this. I did not watch the game, but I had forgotten that New England had a 7 nothing lead on Miami with two minutes to go in the first half. Mm-hmm. Now, the difference is that the Cowboys had a ton of mistakes, and quite frankly, the Dolphins should have been in a position to have scored more points. They had yeah. a fumble down there in the red zone. They missed a field goal. But the bottom line is that when you're playing a team that is prone to do those sorts of things exactly like Miami did, I mean, dude, they had the surprise on sides, and they even screwed that up. They're an inept team. It's hard to focus. So they went in there at halftime. They all yelled at each other, and they came back out, and they absolutely demolished Miami. And when Dak had that beautiful touchdown pass to Cobb that was called back, so they went ahead and scored another touchdown a minute and a half later, you knew they were about to absolutely destroy the Dolphins. Yeah, and I can't wait to get into the ins and outs of the game and, and some uh, specific details, but I want to weigh in on a little bit of my analogy to this game was very close to Ben's with the snake and the mouse. Mm-hmm. So growing up in the country, I had thug cats outside. Oh, yeah, great. Uh, cats that you just you didn't really show affection to, but their job was to be the Ed Belfort, keep snakes and mice away. And it was very much anytime they'd get a mouse, they'd keep it alive. You know, they could have just... Got the mouse, right. killed it, right. ate it, moved on. But no, they'd like play with it and grab it. They'd get the paw and it'd sit on the little mouse tail. And the mouse would try to run away and then they'd kind of pat it with their hands like cats do. That's what the Cowboys are doing in the first Classic half. Cat. They were just going, you know what? Here's the offense. Let's, let's, uh, let's let them up for air for a minute. No, drown them. Drown them, drown them. No, no, let them up for air again. Let them up for air. Drown them, drown yeah. them. You know, it's kind of that type of thing. I don't think Dak takes a chance like that against a much better team. No. I agree. He would but he never had, do that against the Saints. He had 37 seconds in the pocket. And he's like, what the hell, man? This, this is, is fun. This is highlight reeling. Yeah. Right? I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to heave. The, like, he getting, called it a heat check. 
Yeah, I was like, he did. Pretty awesome. He did. Yeah. Okay, that's perfect. Perfect example. It's a heat check. A guy who's just on fire saying, "What the hell?" And I, I don't mind it happening. It's not a, it's not a bad thing. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch this game from Dak Prescott and see anything other than what I've already seen for two weeks. Mm-hmm. It's not really about the stats. Um, I, I just thought he was in total control. Did he struggle? With accuracy in this game a little bit, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I saw he was he completed just fifty nine percent of his passes against the league's worst defense, so people were freaking out about that. I, but I don't know how you could. They it were was vomiting, dude. Yeah, There's they were. A couple plays, they just threw it up for no reason. I was like, this is great. You I just spread the defense wow. out. The way I, I feel about the Cowboys has totally changed in in terms of who I think the most important person on their offense is. I thought it was Zeke, and now I feel like it's Dak. And I think that's the way it should be. If you can have that situation, that's fantastic. Then you don't have to – you're not relying on Zeke uh, to set up the passing game. It kind of can work with balance, and, and it truly keeps the defense on its heels. But I also feel like it just doesn't matter. Like, Dak's in charge. He's in command, and anybody on the field could get the ball at any time. And just look at the third-quarter adjustments. I mean, I, I saw this these stats. R.J. Ochoa put this out. I heard some people talking about it. In week one in the third quarter – uh, Dak was four for four for 137 yards and a touchdown. In week two, nine for nine in the third quarter, 110 yards and a touchdown. Yesterday, nine for nine, 137 yards and a touchdown, plus an eight-yard rushing touchdown. So far this year in the third quarter, Dak is 22 for 22 for 384 yards and three touchdowns throwing and one rushing. All right, let's uh, compare that to that study we did, what was it, two or three months ago about the Cowboys offense in the third quarter Mm -hmm. in 2018. It was a disaster. Now, we're probably all really hyper-focused on what this offense is doing more so than ever before. We're watching pre-snap motion. We're watching how routes play off of each other because it has been such an incredible storyline. But one thing that I feel like I have seen in these first three games, regardless of the quality of the opponent, I feel like I've seen plays that are going to work against any defense because they're all designed for Dak to make the best read, and he's making it. And that's growth. That's all those kinds of things. That's confidence. We saw that confidence on display yesterday as they were fiddle-farting around and still felt good about what they were doing. These are that that incredible. I mean, everyone was showing that incredible play where Amari Cooper just broke that dude's ankles. Man, Devin Smith is gone and takes everybody out of the top part of the screen, and it all starts with play action. And all the safeties and linebackers are biting. I mean, they've they've got so much good stuff going on that then Dak turns and goes, "Oh, okay, here's where the play is." Yeah. And now they have guys that can make those plays. I feel like. Uh you know, Lenahan was the boat anchor on this thing. He was, Dak was having to play back there with Lenahan, trying to tackle him at his ankles, dragging him around. I just, if you watch other games in the NFL and you see offenses struggling, I mean, God, look at the Browns. You know, you, you, you watch other teams and you see other quarterbacks making terrible throws. You see coordinators making bad calls. You see life when you, everything's not clicking and everything looks hard. It just looks like it's so freaking hard to even get a yard. I mean, look at look what the Eagles are going through, although maybe that's uh, all injury-related. But, you know, I, I watch what the Cowboys have going, and I think they're just such a well-oiled machine right now. I don't worry about style-pointing a win against the Dolphins. Honestly, what I worry about is somebody stealing Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a legitimate concern. Fair. And, I mean, it's it's going to happen at some point. People are going to come calling for Kellen Moore. I mean, he's boy genius. And And you know what, man? Just go back to how you felt – 
at this time last year before the Amari Cooper trade. If you're one of these people that was angry that the Cowboys won 31 to 6 and covered the spread and that's not enough for you, go back to week 3 and 4 of last year and see how you felt. Yeah. And if we're really to that point where we expect such a level of brilliance at all times that we can't be okay with a 31 to 6 victory, Man, and no one's coming on the air today and saying that there weren't mistakes and issues that need to be cleaned up. Like no one's saying that. No there one's saying mistakes in the first two games. No one's right? saying yesterday was flawless. I was yeah. gonna say they're perfect. Um, but besides <laughs> Shippy, Shippy is the yeah, only yeah, one. Yeah. So like, I love the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, I just think everyone needs to probably chill out a little bit. You're three and zero. You are a contender. No, make no mistake about it. Yep, you're a contender. Jason Garrett's probably gonna keep his job. Um, is probably he going to give Dak a lot of more money than you're comfortable Hold with? Hold on, I like where Ben's going. going to pay Amari Cooper. Okay, I like where Ben's uh, going Because here. I've had these thoughts as well uh, about Jason Garrett. Like, things are great. You're on a gravy train with biscuit wheels. Everything's fantastic. Everything's going your way. Uh, Sean Payton's got his deal, so he's not going to be available. Is it... I mean, there would have to be another guy in the wings, Bob Stoops, Lincoln Riley. There Dude. would have to be somebody else in the wings that you have your eye on. And then you would have to have some sort of a goal out there for Garrett. Otherwise, they would have already given him an extension. They would give it to him. At this, you could go give it because I'm like you. I'm like, okay, Garrett deserves credit. I mean, really, this is Kellen Moore fixing this thing more than anything. Now he's doing it on Jason Garrett's watch. But what has to happen for Garrett to lose his job? Okay, let let me throw this out there. Don't sleep on the fact that when UT beats OU, Lincoln Riley will very much be on that hot seat. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, so here's the thing. The, Jason Garrett, there's no reason to give him a contract right now, Ben. And I'll go back to one of the things that really stood out to me after the game was Amari Cooper, who's been incredible, had another two-touchdown game. We talked about how no-nonsense he is. Hadn't gotten his contract yet. And Amari Cooper is standing in front of his locker going, man, this feels so great. I've never been on a 3-0 and team in the NFL before. And I'm looking at that. He's not talking about the fact that we just beat we just beat a team that we were supposed to beat. We had a 23 point spread to cover. He's not talking about the Giants. He's not talking about the Redskins. He's talking about how great it feels to be three and zero. And the way he's saying it, he's motivated. He can see what's out there in front of him. He's got his eye on the prize, and that is exactly what you want. You want all these guys to be talking about what is ahead of them, what they can actually achieve. Aside from who you said is the most important guy in Dak, and you're right, that contract that's out there in front of him. Aside what's out in front of Amari Cooper. We got Robert Quinn back out on the field. He's on a one-year deal. He looks like he's got a lot left in the tank. There's a lot out there that's motivating these guys. And we've talked about this before. Sometimes, you know, okay, well, I need to go ahead and give this coach or a manager an extension so there's, you know, guys respect him. A lot of times... Guys that are playing for something also like it when the coach is coaching for something. Mm -hmm. Cowboys have a lot of really good momentum in regard to all those types of things. And Garrett's biggest challenge is going to be having people not eat the cheese. And mm -hmm. not he's going to have to figure out a way to, for them to stay focused when they're so freaking good. And, and that's going to be his challenge. But I still think there's some carrot out there. Like I think the Cowboys uh, going into the season, I think the front office is thinking, all right, Garrett's got Garrett's to get to the NFC Championship game. Yes. If he doesn't get to the NFC Championship game, then we're going to go a new, in a new direction because he can't get us to the next level. And keep in mind how important this is. The next three to four years, they're going to be in contention. Right. They've got the talent to do it, so is Garrett the right guy to get them to the next step? And I feel like when Newey Scruggs started off camp by asking Jerry Jones about Garrett's extension and, and Jerry acted like he couldn't hear him and joked around and said, look, I like this guy a lot, but you know he's got work to do. 
I think it indicated that there's some sort of performance evaluation happening and some sort of goal that must be reached for Garrett to retain his job because even if they go 16-0 and but don't make the NFC Championship game, he's probably gone. He's gone, and I think if they went to the NFC Championship game and played a uh, game that wasn't competitive, he's and gone. And if they got blown out in the NFC Championship yeah. game, he'd be gone. I think uh, he's got to either get to the Super Bowl or they lose like by one score and it's down to the wire yeah. to keep his job. Absolutely. So he's he, barely holding on to his job then because that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. So if he has to get to the Super Bowl... The odds are then, against him. Then, the o- then he's probably, I mean, this is like a 98% chance he's not your coach next year. So if you're that steadfast that, hey, if he gets to the Super Bowl or he's gone, then you've got your guy in the wings. And it's not Sean Payton. I would have thought he was the leader in the clubhouse. Pretty good text. Autoflex leasing fan text 877-881-1053 all day long. We'll be taking it. You can call in if you want as well. We'll screen it up. It says, uh, as Cowboy fans, who do you worry about losing the most? Kellen Moore or Chris Richard? Oh, Kellen Moore. It's Kellen by a lot right now, It's not now, even right? close. It's not even close. In fact, you know, why don't we talk about that defense next? Let's talk about this running game. It's the Ben and Skin Show on a Cowboy Monday. Travis Frederick at 1040. Stephen Jones at 1120 today. But coming up next, what are the problems that the Cowboys have early in this season? How easy are they to fix? And how good is this team? We'll talk about it with you next on 105.3 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Thanks for rolling with us. Travis Frederick coming up next at 1040. Uh, We're going to have Stephen Jones at 1120. So many things to get into on a Cowboy Monday. Cowboys win 31-6. You can weigh in at any time at 877-881-1053. That's the same number to text in to the Autoflex Leasing Fan Text if you're so inclined. We'd love for you to interact with this particular segment. As this one right off the top, this text says, this week will be the first big test for everyone. Yes, the Saints have a good defense, but conversely, even with Drew Brees out, the Saints have a good offense. They got weapons. They have a really good coach. They know how to move the ball. And that was, I think, everybody's primary complaint yesterday. If they wanted to complain about a game that the Cowboys won 31-6, is they were disappointed in the defensive effort. Now, we just had that clip there with Robert Quinn. He got one of the three sacks, uh, but I think people wanted more. It's funny, Ben, if you look down at the numbers, the other team's quarterback threw for 200 yards, threw less than 50% or right at, yeah, less than 50%, no touchdowns. Uh, their offense is really inept. They scored two field goals, but people do have a high standard for this team, and I think one of the key targets yesterday, I don't know what you saw, but at least on my Twitter timeline, people are worried about Cheeto. And whether or not Cheeto is holding up early on in this season. And and that's part of the concern. Is this defense going to be good enough against the great offensive teams, particularly stopping uh, passes down the field? Yeah, I'm not worried about uh, Cheeto at all. Um, and, you know, I've said this about him since he got here. He is like the king of giving up uh, receptions when a guy is covered extremely well. Mm-hmm. And on the Parker catch way down the field, the one-handed catch, I thought once again I was like, Man, that took a perfect throw, and it took an incredible one-handed catch, and Cheeto was 
all over him. And I think he actually got flagged for that, right? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I thought the coverage was damn near perfect. I'm not. I'm not worried about Cheeto. I'm certainly not worried about Byron Jones. And I, I'm also sitting here going, man, I don't know that I automatically want to consider him a cap casualty. I, I I think you've got to figure out a way to keep Byron Jones. But it's not the issues haven't been with the secondary. And and obviously, you look at a team that's missing Tyrone Crawford, Antoine Woods, and Xavier Woods. You're missing three starters on defense. But, I, I mean, I, it feels like this is a front seven issue. Mm-hmm. Like, And really, you should probably take Malik Collins out of it. He's been good. Uh, he's been good. And, and now Robert Quinn looked good. And, and him and Tank getting things going, maybe they'll have a little something. But, you know, I saw this from uh, Marcus Mosier. Uh, Jalen Smith is currently Pro Football Focus's 58th ranked linebacker. Hmm. So, like, I, I don't know what to make of wh- why the Cowboys are giving up plays and mm-hmm. giving up yardage. I'm by no means panicking about it, but there's an issue, and it appears to be kind of the same thing that happened against the Rams. It appears to just kind of be there's something wrong just right up the gut. Yeah, I think you're right, Ben. And so, a lot of times we can sort of make these assessments as we're watching the game, but unless you go back and break the film down, it's really kind of hard to pinpoint consistently where the issues are. You just have memories from the game, things that stood out to you. So I said this at the end of last week, and it was really more just, hey, I want to see this happen. But I was like, with the way the interior is compromised, I would like to see Jalen Smith making tackles on first down and getting in the backfield in third down and causing problems. I feel like without looking at those rankings you were just talking about, Jalen Smith has not jumped off my screen yet. And I don't really know that Leighton Vander Esch, he had that play against Eli, but I don't know that Leighton Vander Esch has jumped off my screen yet. And so if your defensive line is compromised, that's where your star linebackers really need to step up and make plays. Now, it could be that they're fine. And when the Cowboys go in there and they grade the performance, they grade out just fine. But we want them to grade out excellent, and I'm, I'm really happy that you brought up Xavier Woods, too. The fact that Miami did have some plays down the field in the first half, that could be an indication that Xavier Woods' value is even higher than people realized. And so, look, every team has to deal with injuries. We'll talk about the Eagles a little bit later. They're really dealing with injuries. But right now, there is no defensive splash plays that are happening at the rate with which I think we had hoped going into the season because that's what makes you feel good about your defense turnovers and sacks on third down or the other team getting a holding penalty because they can't hold you back and those are the things that have been lacking in the first three weeks last year they had 20 takeaways you're on pace for about 16 right now you've had one in each game so uh, they do tend to come in bunches when they when they start to happen though Mm. so it feels like to be that elite, I guess I mean, we were forting around with top five, top ten defense or whatever in right, the league. Right. It feels like you need to get up there in the upper 20s. You need to be closer to 30 than 20 in terms yeah. of takeaways. And, you know, it's not like some certain number you pinpoint is going to equate to wins, but that's kind of what you're aiming for. And right now they're very much below the pace they were at last year or a little bit below the pace they were at last year. You know, I was thinking I got a text from Jeff yesterday, and then to go back to the Cheeto play. Uh, just during the game and Jeff goes, what if – Cheeto is just Brandon Carr. Guys always got pretty good coverage. Mm-hmm. Just the takeaway numbers aren't there. And I go, honestly, kind of happy with that. He's a second round pick. He's your own. He's pretty cheap right now. Right. 
you'd you probably be fourteen. You would probably be happy with that until right. you had to pay. Him. But in terms of a guy who uh, um, doesn't get a lot of interceptions but has this guy covered, I think Byron is significantly better in that regard. Yes, no doubt. And so I would pay Byron because I think he is a true shutdown. Cheeto, I, I'm very happy with his production. I think he's very good. But if you start getting into paying him. Yeah, it's a no-brainer, right? Like, he yeah. would have to start getting a ton of picks for you to say, you know what, we're going to keep Cheeto, we're not going to keep Byron. Um, but, uh, you know, I the whole thing is this. The offense is clicking, the offense is gelling. Nobody's seen, uh, you know, teams haven't seen what the Cowboys are doing. They don't know how to prepare for what the Cowboys are doing. And then when they do prepare somewhat well, Kellen Moore is brilliant at making those adjustments and coming out in the third quarter and blowing your doors off. The rest of the league knows what the Cowboys are trying to do defensively. And it's not in, incredibly uh, unique in that regard. They're they're somewhat predictable. They just haven't found their rhythm yet. Yeah. And I would much rather them find their rhythm at the end of the season than right now. Yeah. I think so those I think are going to be okay. I think those are great points, Ben. And I also I give Cheeto. So a lot of people I saw were like, "Man, Cheeto's getting torched." And the play where the touchdown was not completed in the corner where Cheeto got beat, like Jakeem Grant. Dude, I thought yeah. Cheeto made an incredible play to ensure that that touchdown didn't happen. You're not going to just blanket a guy every single time. And so if you do get beat and you stay with it and you break the pass up, that was he took six off the board. To me, that's a great play, even though he quote-unquote got beat. And so I just think the expectations are so absurdly high. But I would, look, they're going to have to, figure out they're going to replace Anthony Brown. Like, you guys aren't going to step up and pay Anthony. Even if Anthony Brown is asking for six a year, you guys aren't going to pay Anthony Brown six a year next year, are you? No. Six? I think somebody's going to. He's a starting corner. I'd pay him six million. You'd pay Anthony Brown six million? Yeah. I don't think I can. I don't think. I, I, I mean, think I got to replace him. Well, here's my mindset on this. Maybe. But I, I think he's good, too. Um, But I think Byron's great. I, I think Cheeto's good. I think Brown is good. And I think either one of them, you know, you're still kind of waiting to see how high the ceiling can go. I think Byron Jones is elite. The only thing Byron Jones doesn't do is intercept the ball. So if you want to say, okay, he's just outside of the four best corners, he's the fifth best corner or something like that, mm -hmm. then okay, that's where he is. But that dude is freaking elite. And it's almost like we've already, we've just, it just feels like the Cowboy Nation or whatever is that everyone's gotten to the point that he's just gone. Right. He's the cap casualty. All right, right. you're paying Jalen. Uh, you paid Lyle, you, you go on down the line, all these guys you're going to pay, but you got to get rid of Byron Jones. And I'm like, damn, man, that might sting. That might hurt, dude. He just he just takes dudes out of the game. Yeah, and so then you get back to this thing. You guys remember there was one offseason, I guess it's two offseasons ago, they added Jordan Lewis, Cheeto, and Xavier Woods all in the same draft. Mm -hmm. If you're to a point where you're not going to pay Byron, and Anthony Brown, someone's going to overpay Anthony. You guys ready to use another three picks on secondary guys this upcoming draft? I mean, you're going to be I'm planning right on drafting one or two guys. You have to, man. But because I mean, if the, all these, you can't just have that constant turnover. Like you said, that. overpay Anthony Brown though. Six million for Anthony Brown, that's fine. Is it? He's, dude, he's a starting cornerback. He'd go get ten million on the market. Okay, probably. what I would say though, KT, is if you go right now, and I'm guessing because I don't have it in front of me, mm -hmm. and you pulled up the salaries for Cheeto. Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown, all three of those guys combined are probably what five million. And then you throw Xavier in there. You're talking about you have four guys in your secondary that are making what you're going to pay Anthony Brown by himself next year. And once you've already paid Jalen, with paying Byron, be paying three times all that. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying you once you once you go okay, one of these guys is going to get paid. 
And even when, once you do that, you're talking about look, go look at the, what the salary of your of yeah. your secondary. And so the second that you pay Anthony Brown, you've totally just tripled your secondary salary, and all you've done is kind of keep a guy that you think is a decent NFL cornerback. By the way, the highest paid corner in the league uh, uh, per year is the guy that Amari was torching yesterday, Xavier Howard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's 15 a year. I didn't realize he was making that much. Josh Norman's 15 a year. Tremaine Johnson, 14-5. Xavier Rhodes, Patrick Peterson, they're around 14. Kyle Fuller, 14. Uh, I mean... Can you imagine how bad it would suck to be paying Josh Norman 15 a year right now? That's a, that's why I just go... I mean, to me, if Byron wants to take a deal that's you know well under that, then I think Byron's in their plans. I mm-hmm. absolutely think that's very possible, but... If Byron's wanting to take a deal at the high end of that market around that fifteen number, I think you're refocusing on these other guys, right? And then you're you're obviously drafting and replenishing. Well, maybe to your point, maybe the plan is to let Byron go and then keep a bunch of solid guys in the four I to six range. Keep Byron just they don't want it to be out of control. I just don't see how you can pay Byron. Let's just say Byron's going to make the franchise number just to make the conversation easy. I don't see how you can pay Byron in the neighborhood of 13 or 14 and then pay Anthony Brown and suddenly $20 million is going to two of your current starters in the secondary. If Byron and Anthony Brown are both signing deals that are under market value, don't you do it? I probably do if yeah. it's significantly under. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's under, yeah, for sure. Uh, which it's Six for Anthony Brown would right. be a stinking bargain. That's what Brandon Carr makes So at 33 years old. So, yeah, yeah that would be a good deal for him, I guess. I guess my whole point is I'm, I'm less focused on him and I'm more focused on Byron Jones first and foremost. And then I think Cheeto's your second best corner. Yeah. And I think Anthony Brown is your third best corner. That's how they And I it. think Jordan Lewis is pretty damn good too. Mm-hmm. So I would only keep Anthony Brown if it was a super duper bargain. Because and I agree with Skin, it's it you can't just continually restock the cupboard and say, All right, we're gonna we're gonna go get three more defensive backs. It's a lot of pressure on your organization to say, look, we're gonna get three starting quality defensive backs in this draft in the fourth, fifth, sixth rounds and Whatever. I, I, you know, they didn't all. They'll they draft used. one or two and they'll throw them in the mix and they'll compete like Michael Jackson and yeah. CJ Goodwin's going to have a chance and I'm sure Alumbo will have a chance and all that. It's the same type of thing we've been talking about. It's just if, if Byron wants to set the market at, at cornerback, they're not going to do that. After, after watching yesterday, though, my God, I hope Xavier Woods can get back on the field before next Sunday night. Because that's going hey, to be a test. Can we give Darian Thompson a little bit of credit? I don't know. Can we? I'm not. I, mean, I I didn't pay attention enough to know that he did or did not do his Darian job. Thompson had two huge plays in that game. Uh, one was a, a play that Tristan Hill blew up in the middle, and Darian Thompson came storming through and blew it up. It was about seven yard line, eight yard line. Huge play on third down, in which the Dolphins said, "Hey, yeah, we're tanking. We're going to run it on third down," and then they kicked the field goal. Like Darian Thompson, there making a play, and everyone's talking about Donovan Wilson, and there's Darian Thompson on the field making plays. So. I ain't saying Darian Thompson's a guy you want, like, starting a lot. You want Xavier Woods back, but they're okay. They can get through some things. They're, well, they're they, going to survive without Gallup for a couple weeks. They're going to be fine. They're clearly better in the secondary than they are up front right now. They, they, uh, yeah. I think the lack of depth there is showing. Hopefully, man, if that's what Quinn gave you when he's out of shape, man, in a week or two it could be really, really nice. All right, so Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Thanks for rolling with us today. We'll get into all the big NFL stories coming up at 11 o'clock. But coming up next, 
One of our favorite parts of Monday, talking to the dude that holds it down in the middle. The Travis Frederick Show next right here on 105.3 The Fan. Hey, if you're involved in an accident that's not your fault, right there from the scene, call Frankel and Frankel at 1-800. No, no. In fact, there's a new number to call him. Yes. Hey, listen, I'm glad I'm glad I made that mistake. There's a new number to call Frankel and Frankel. It's been the same for a long time, but it's new, and it's even easier to remember. It's 214-333-3333. Just think, three is forever. 214-333-3333-333. If you're involved in an accident, that's not your fault. Call Frankel and Frankel right there from the scene. That's what I did, and I'm so glad I did. They fought the other company, uh, the other insurance company, so I didn't have to and got me a nice cash settlement. Boy, it's great how it works, doesn't it, Ben? Because you go through a tough time, and you're stressed out, and you're worried whenever you get in an accident. You're hurt. You're thinking about, man, what does the future hold? What are these bills I'm going to be looking at? How, why is this fair? I was... Doing the right thing and someone else's negligence led to me being in a tough spot. That's where the Frankels come in, Frankel and Frankel, and they fight to put you in a better situation. They've been doing this for a quarter of a century, actually longer than that, and they're really good at what they do. So if you get hurt in an accident, and it's an automobile accident, something on the job site, something in the neighborhood, anything where someone else's negligence leads to you being compromised and having some a pain and suffering issue, call our friends, Frankel and Frankel, at 214 333 3333. That's 214-333-3333 or com for Frankel and Frankel Principal Offices, Dallas, Texas. Ah, uh, yes. Time for our weekly visit with our favorite human, the great Travis Frederick, brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys, and Dr. Pepper, the Woo! world's toughest Dungeons & Dragons player, joins us now. How you doing, Travis? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Hey, we're great. Thanks uh, so much for taking the time to join us. we got to dive right in. Well, you've gone viral a little bit today, and it was oh, no. really not your doing. Uh-oh. Your buddy Jordan Lewis was <laughs> jumped in. Uh, I guess uh, a uh, a defensive tackle for the Miami Dolphins, Devin Godchow. Uh, there was a highlight on the internet where he he you guys were tussling. He moved away from you towards the pocket and kind of chopped at Zeke's legs, but he didn't tackle Zeke, and Zeke ended up getting like a four yard gain on the play. So it was kind of a missed tackle, but he said, "Hey, hey, hey!" If, if they're the best offensive line in the league, then what does that make me? And Jordan Lewis responded back with 0-3. Ooh, interesting. Uh, yeah, had you seen any of that? Um, you know, uh, somebody did tag me in that, so I was able to to see <laughs> to see that. That uh, was interesting. Um, it was very nice of Jay Lou to, to stick up for me. Did you have any uh, memes on ready that you wanted to throw into that uh, <laughs> old Twitter chain? Or Well, I tried to avoid, uh, you know, getting on that where you you start responding to critics or people that are uh, either building you up or tearing you down either way. Um, as I've said before, you know, we've talked about PFF and the Madden deal. Um, you know, that's me bringing up my Madden rating again. Yeah, but, thank um, you for bringing that up. You're welcome. Up. Here we go. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've, I've talked about how hard it is to take one play, take it out of context, and, um, you know, make an evaluation on it. You know, you don't know exactly what's going on there. Um, so it is what it is, and I'm not really worried about it. Do you want to take a guess as to what uh, Devin Godchow's Madden rating is? I don't. It's just a thing that you would do. It's not a. <laughs> That's uh, so good. I don't play Madden, so I don't. I don't have yeah. any like. I don't have any bearing on what people what the ratings. Oh are. no, totally. And I understand that, and that's why I'll explain to you what the bearings. So the best players would be like a ninety-nine. That'd be like an Aaron Donald. And then the worst player would be like a 59. Yeah. So that's kind of the range. Why wouldn't they go from zero to 99? <laughs> well, well if, you're, if you're a zero, you're probably not in the league. 
You okay, probably yeah. you probably didn't start in college. So it's like a, a it's an absolute scale. It's so like a baby would be a zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you love to block a baby on one play? <laughs> I can barely stand up because the helmet's so big. <laughs> Just mowing over a six-year-old, <laughs> pancaking him. Oh, no. um, so, I think a six-year-old's got to be at least at 12. Okay, so yeah. just for the record, and, and you're always bringing this up with us, and we appreciate that, your Madden rating right now is a 94. Okay. So it's tied that that's, that's tied for the second best on the team. And then uh, Devin Godchow is a 75. Okay. So you're that's saying straight. that? I'd say like, 75, that's a good rating, right? Like. Oh, so you're, you're saying, saying about you're saying, you're saying it's hot, like they, they gave him some love here and propped it up a little bit, or you're saying that's uh, about accurate? Or I'd, that's say, a- I'd say it's very respectful. Like That's, okay. a, that's a good score to have. Yeah. I think uh, you know he's a, he's a younger player in this league, and yeah. um, you know, learning. I think he was a, a higher-on draft pick, if I remember correctly, from, from last week's scouting report. But, uh, you know, a good player. I think they have a lot of promise down there. Like I said last week, I think uh, a lot of young guys there that are getting better, and, and they're going to they're gonna be good. Okay, as you're aware, Twitter is a very reasonable place. Of course. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just where the best discourse is taking place. So in the first half of yesterday's game, Cowboy fans were ready to storm the castle. It's just ridiculous. Uh, but it does bring up this other question of, you know, we can talk about the opponents you're playing. I know you and your teammates have respect for every body you play because you know how hard it is to make it in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But there's fan expectations. You guys have your own expectations. In your opinion, yesterday's game on whole, did you guys play up to what your expectations are? You know, I'd say we did not play to the standard that we wanted to, um, but I think it kind of goes back a little bit to last week what we talked about when I talked about learning about our team and uh, learning about what our team is going to be when you face adversity. And I think one of the best things that we did in the game, and you may say that it wasn't really adversity because we were winning, but... Um, when things weren't going our way, you know, we weren't uh, were moving the ball as well as we went on an offense and things uh, just weren't going as in rhythm as they had um, or as you'd want to. Um, that is one of those small versions of adversity that we talked about. And I thought the team did a great job of responding to that and coming back out in the second half and playing well. Man, I just think this – I'd like to call a 20-second timeout yeah, here. Yeah, go ahead. I think this interview is going really well. It's solid. It's, uh, I have expectations of my own, but I think so far it's pretty solid. I feel like, Travis, the, the only thing he for sure didn't want to talk to us about was his Madden rating. Mm-hmm. The second thing he definitely wouldn't want to talk about is anything that could go viral or any memes <laughs> or anything right. trash-talking. Right. And he just walked through that minefield like it wasn't even there. Right, but he hadn't been on Twitter yet to see what okay, the reaction yeah, yeah, is to true. saying, yeah, he's a solid 75. All right, do you have anything you need to tell yourself during this timeout before we get back into the action? Um, I know. Okay. okay. All right. So now we're back to the interview. The timeout is uh, over. Travis Frederick. Okay. So there was a moment in the game I thought where you had another cool play. Was uh, I felt like the whistle had blown and they had stood up. Your running back. I don't know if it was Zeke or Pollard, but it looked like somebody was going to get kind of a late tackle against him, and it might even it was kind of a, a vulnerable spot for the the running back, if I'm not mistaken. And I thought you came in and crushed a dude right at the last second, just to kind of get your teammates back. Do you remember the play I'm talking about? I do. I specifically remember it because the umpire came up to me afterwards and said, be careful on that type of play. Okay, yeah, walk so walk to... through what happened there. Well, um, you know, the, the play was coming to an end. I, I don't remember exactly what had happened on my initial block, um, but I saw that the running back was straight up and down, was trying to still move. So I was trying to, you know, 
you've seen this before where an offensive lineman can get behind the pile and push. And the running back was still down, like sort of in a crouched position, uh, like in a good um, leverage position. And this other guy was really tall, standing up. So I thought, perhaps I can knock this guy off of the running back and he can go get a couple more yards. So um, I went and I tried to, to forcefully remove that defender um, <laughs> from our running back so he could get a couple more yards. And um, I think the umpire was a little upset. He said, I need to come in more softly and gently and push the pile <laughs> instead of coming in forcefully, is uh, what he told me. He really said that? He did, yes. What the hell? What a weird thing to say on a football field. Yeah, well, you know, we're working on making the game safer, and, uh, you know, the the refs obviously have, have made a huge emphasis on that over the last couple of years. Um, so they're trying to avoid some of the head-to-head contact and, um, you know, in those situations when you – players aren't quite expecting it um they they're trying to avoid unexpected hits like that all right we're talking to travis frederick as always it's brought to you by miller the only beer miller light the only beer of the dallas cowboys and of course dr pepper what an awesome soda bro all right so uh we talk a lot about you and zach going out there pregame and doing what you guys do and as you're aware that made the television broadcast yesterday, yeah, correct? yeah i heard that that oh. uh i just i I'd like to take a second and defend myself. Yeah, please, by all um, means. You know, usually I don't do that, but I just I think it's unfair, again, to take just one play out of a whole series and uh, mm. you know post it out there. Now everyone thinks that Zach and I can't complete a ball. Uh, you know, when I would say our completion percentage overall over the course of our careers has got to be close to 85-90%. Like, if they're going to show that one, they should have shown the one from Washington last week where you were in the corner and got your feet down by the back pylon. Well, I appreciate you bringing that up, KT. That, I mean, that was an excellent catch, and I feel like it's a play Kellen should work into the offense. Yeah. <laughs> There are some situations where we can make offensive linemen eligible, and uh, you know I've been lobbying for that for I don't know <laughs> seven years now, but uh, I I'm not sure that that's happening for me in the in the future. So if that happens, like everyone would know, because Joe would come in right, and then you would line up as a tight end, or how does it work for a, a center to be? Is there's is there such a thing as a center eligible play? The only way. Um, I don't. I just don't think that there is. I would have to be on the end of the line, and no one would have to be covering me, and I would have had to have reported. So I, it's possible. I don't know the exact rules on that, um, but uh, like, let's say if you bring in an extra tackle and put him on the right side, and then you also move your left tackle to the right side, as long as there's no receiver covering, and that left tackle or left, excuse me, the left guard has reported eligible, he would be eligible. So I don't know if there's anything specifically ruling the center out. Um, but I know it's difficult the farther you get into the line. I would like to see you take on kind of a refrigerator Perry role uh, to where, I mean, we already know that uh, Looney can hold it down a little bit, so you've got uh, Looney at center and then pop you in the backfield at fullback for short yardage situations, and now that we know you're also an elite receiver, uh, you know, outside of that one drop, or you're saying that was a bad pass from Zach? I can. Oh, it was. Be- a, it was a really good pass. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I actually complimented him on it afterwards because he really threw it up, and I was running at my like high pace, and then when I realized where the ball was going, I had to go and run under it, which is what you want as a quarterback, so that you run away from the defender. Um, and then I just, you know, I was, I was, I'll be honest, I was a little worried about the uh, the goalpost in the background, and then I was <laughs> potentially going to run into it at full speed <laughs> and not be able to play in the game. That so. would suck. You weren't wearing a helmet either. Oh my god. Okay, so uh, are you are you familiar with Refrigerator Perry? I am. I grew up a Chicago Bears fan. Okay, so I know so all the stories of. Would you covet that role? Um, you know, I got to play that a little bit in high school, and 
it's not as much fun as it may appear. I don't I don't envy the running backs um, who have to get hit like that every play. What were some My, of the greatest What were some of the greatest <laughs> high school plays that you made, Travis? I scored a touchdown once um, in that role. Um, thank you, thank you. Um, I also fumbled on a play before. I recovered it, so I had had a recovered fumble. Uh, but they let me. It was homecoming, and we were up like sixty points. So <laughs> were you they let the, me take a second shot at it. Were you the homecoming king as well? Um, I don't know if I want to answer that question. I'd like Come you on. to answer that immediately, please. Uh, yes. Yes! Woo-hoo! Okay. Where are these pictures? So, I'm picturing like the uh, the old uh, Will Ferrell character that kicks down the door with the beard and the lumberjack shirt and he's holding the lady up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think at that point I didn't have the full beard roll and I was rolling with like a chin goatee. It was... Uh, it probably wasn't my best look. Oh, I had the no. spiked up hair, um, oh. like the crispy gel that you get at uh, you know a, a discount store for a dollar for mm-hmm. a gallon. Wait a minute, the age <laughs> the age you're at. Did you ever uh, did you ever rock the frosty tips like in your you know, early I, teens? I was never allowed to do that. Um, <laughs> my, my mother had better sense than I did, and she's. She was against that the whole time. Oh, I just YouTube Travis Frederick high school highlights. <laughs> is there is there something on there? <laughs> yeah, dude, you were pulling. <laughs> I played a little guard. We had two. Oh packages. man, you drilled uh, the, this guy. The thunder package, um, where I played tackle, and the lightning package where I played. No, it was the other way around. I played tackle in the lightning package, so I could pull on like uh, pull like uh, outside plays, and then on the thunder package, I played guard, so we could run power and uh, inside stuff. All right, so when you guys get together and you watch film together, uh, will, will you watch the, the film as the whole team or at least the whole offense? Um, as the whole team, we watch a cut-up. Okay. Of the, you know, good, some good and some bad. Um, and then as our offensive line, we'll go through the whole play, the whole film. I'm interested when the whole team's watching or just the offense and you guys are doing your deal where you're, you know, Dak has 19 seconds to throw in the pocket. And I know you guys are all humble and you don't brag or pat yourselves on the backs, but I'm, I'm wondering – what does the team do in those situations? Uh, I mean, does the team go crazy and, and respect the fact that you guys are giving Dak so much time in the pocket? Uh, well, first, I'd like to refute that just a little bit, that I thought that yesterday was not our best pass-protecting game and that we need to continue to improve on that. However, um, in those times that you're, you're speaking of, um, I think it's really a, more of a focus on the, the technical pieces of it and uh, the – the routes and stuff, you know, we watch it from every angle. It's not necessarily just offensive line. And believe it or not, just like in uh, when you're watching on a real live TV, hardly anybody actually pays attention to the offensive line. Uh, you know, they're watching, uh, you know, the, where the ball's going and what the receivers are doing. So uh, that's a lot of what happens there as well, unless it's specifically uh, brought up. You guys only get like 11 minutes at halftime. Um, so w- what's that like? Because there's a lot of people going, man, I bet Jason lit into them yesterday after a sloppy first half. What was halftime like for you guys yesterday? And does Coach even have a chance to have a speech during KT, the 11 minutes? That's a tremendous question. Thanks. Um, we are, are – there's a lot that happens in those 11 minutes. Um, first off, you run in and you have to take care of anything that you need to. So you're rehydrating. You're getting um, some more fuel, like either like some uh, – a lot of people eat bananas or oranges or other fruit or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or anything that can help you uh, get some more fuel for the game. Apple pie. Yeah, apple pie with cheese on it. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, yeah. for me, like I change my pants in there. Some guys will change out their whole stuff um, in that amount of time as well. Um, and that's happening while the coaches are meeting. So first thing when it comes in or what happens is everybody comes in, the coaches come down from the box and they meet for a minute while we're taking care of that stuff. And then we separate offense, defense, or by position group uh, and go over the adjustments. Um, 
and then for the last minute or so, Coach Garrett gets a chance to talk, and then then we head out. So uh, specifically yesterday, I thought uh, you know it really was focused on the adjustments, and um, it wasn't a big rah rah thing. I think we all knew where we were, and there was no need to, uh, there was no need for anybody to motivate us anymore. We all knew that we weren't playing as well as we wanted to, and um, we just went out and and did it a little bit better well travis this was a fantastic edition of the travis frederick show a lot of tolos very pleased that you were bragging about your thunder package earlier <laughs> they like that quite a bit <laughs> we look forward to having you on again next monday keep that good momentum going travis you're doing a damn fine job man well thank you and uh i always have fun i'm looking forward to next monday we are as well there he goes we love him he's a great human travis frederick every monday here on the ben and skin show 105.3 the fan coming up in about 25 minutes stephen jones by comment on his thunder package but before we do all that let's get to the schedule of nfl games from yesterday some great nfl news we'll go around the league next on the fan this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.